Tony! Fuck you, Tony! What's your name? Ezekiel! Fuck you, Ezekiel! Fuck you! Fuck you! Hey, you know what I did last night? You better not break my mother into this! You know what I did? You better not! I put that fly over there! Oh! You wanna go to war? You got a war. You started it. We gonna finish. Hey, Chip, how's it going? All right. Daddy still working on your bike? No, had it back a couple days already. What's she doing to it? Can't really talk about it. You know, James Bond kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, that Daddy, she's really radical with bikes. Hi, Peely. Say we cruise, dudes. Yeah. Sure, it's getting hot in here. Steamy. I'm sweating. So, is my horn ready yet? Yeah, it's ready. Should be loud enough for you now. Well, where is it? Let's hear it. Wait, I want to talk to you first. You are talking to me. No, I want your undivided attention. Look, PB, this is important. There's someone want to ask you. Mm-hmm. I... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to know if you'll do something. What? I want to know if you'll go someplace with me. Like where? The drive-in. Look, Daddy, I like you. Like? I like you. That's the thing. I like you, too. Daddy! There's a lot of things about me you don't know anything about, Daddy. Things you wouldn't understand. Things you couldn't understand. Things you shouldn't understand. <laughs> Again, it is Dan Destroyer, and coming to you with another solo episode of the Punk Off Podcast. So, uh, I realized the other day that uh, get a little get a little closer to Mike. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I realized the other day that also uh, just as a side note, if you hear a mower in the background, yeah, my neighbor decided to start mowing about the time. I got my uh, uh, Zoom Live Track L8 working again, so this thing has been giving me difficulties the last couple of days, and I was ready to sell it. So I did a factory reset on it, and I still don't 100% know what was wrong with it, but it's it's working again. So, yeah. At any rate, hashtag. So I realized the other day that I had not done anything. I think when I released the last episode, well, by the time I recorded the last episode, uh, Paul Rubens has just died, and I didn't really think about it, but I'm like, I really need to do at least a quick episode on Paul Rubens, because Paul Rubens, a.k.a. Pee Wee Herman, uh, had a really bigger effect on my life once I really started kind of sitting down and thinking about it, because, uh, of course, I saw Pee Wee's Big Adventure when I was a kid, and that was also my first introduction, really, to uh, Tim Burton as well, but... Uh, and the older I got, the more I discovered like the other like the other oddball stuff he was involved in. Just especially like like Cheech and Chong movies and just, just other you know, he was involved in the groundlings and everything else and but but his odd sense of humor st- has stuck with me and is a part of me 
for my entire life, ever since I saw it. I just realized it. I watched Pee Wee's Playhouse as a kid, and admittedly, sometimes still as an adult, that I will pull it up on YouTube or something else and still watch episodes uh, just because. Uh, I found a great clip uh, after he died that I had forgotten about of him and uh, Cowboy Curtis slam dancing. They put on mohawk wigs, and they, there was a green screen of like a punk pit, and they went slam dancing. And I don't know, it was just it was stuff like that. So it was just it was kind of cool. So I uh, pulled it up real quick. Born August twenty seventh, nineteen fifty two. Died July 30th, 2023. So, I don't know. Like I said, it was kind of a bummer. And like I said, I guess since also, he, I, he sounded like he pretty much been hiding the fact that he was ill. But, uh, I don't know. He had some great stuff. Uh, trying to remember all the stuff. I mean, he was, uh, I mean, the places where he'd show up, like in, uh, uh, what was it, Batman Forever, he was the Penguin's father. I believe it was Batman Forever. It wasn't one of them, but yeah, it was the one with Dan DeVito, but he was the Penguin's father in that. And uh, that was the thing, too, I forget I forget half the time, is that him and Cassandra Peterson, a.k.a. Elvira, were, like, really good friends and very tight, and they would show up together uh, in different movies. Sorry, I'm sitting here talking and kind of reading at the same time. On Wikipedia, I did not realize. I might have heard this, but I had kind of forgotten it. He had actually tried to get on Saturday Night Live and had a failed audition. So, which is kind of funny, but he he did all right for himself. I, honestly, his sense of humor is a little more cultish. And I had watched some of the stuff he did early on in his career in Letterman as well, and it was it was once again strange but hilarious. But that just kind of just you know. Summed him up to a T. Um, uh, let's see, Big Top Pee Wee. Yeah, I saw that in the theaters as well. My uh, neighbor went and took me and her grandson and saw that. Um, I remember being not as impressed as the first one, but that first movie has so so many memorable scenes and so many memorable lines in it. You know, just like one of my favorites. Uh, Oh, it had uh, yeah, EJ's uh, EJ Douglas uh, played Dottie. Uh, you don't want to get involved with a guy like me. I'm a loner. I'm a rebel. That line and uh, and that movie was "Tell him Large Marge sent you." That was another one. Uh, there's no basement in the Alamo. Uh, yeah, there's. I mean, there was all sorts of good, sort of good lines that came out of there uh let's see Pee-wee's playhouse yeah then of course let's see uh sarasota florida in 1999 indecent exposure at adult theater now i remember there was all sorts of you know jokes about that but i was sitting there let's see i would have been like 17 18 at that point 17 16 17 at that point and i remember being like well he was in an adult theater jerking it, which at that point, that's pretty much what adult theaters. It's, you know, it's, he was doing it in a place he was supposed to. I mean, not really, but it, I mean, it happened. It's one of those things that everyone just kind of, you know, knew it happened and just ignored it. And, 
You know, it wasn't like he did in front of a, a troop of Boy Scouts or anything. I mean, he was doing it in an adult theater surrounded by other pervy adults. And, I mean, so, so what? I mean, I don't know. But, I mean, once again, I don't think it affected him that bad. Because there is a certain amount of... Uh, I'll tell him, Steve, Dave, I've listened to Walt talk about, like, with certain actors, he, he's got a certain amount of forgiveness because the amount of goodwill and joy uh, someone has brought in their life. His, for him, a, a huge one is Arnold Schwarzenegger. So he could kind of forget, you know, he goes, well, I'm not married to him. He goes, so I can kind of forgive him having an affair and having a child with the maid because of all the movies he's done that I've absolutely loved. Everything from, like, you know, Conan and uh, Terminator to Jingle All the Way. He goes, you know, it's all of them. So for, for Walt, he said there's still enough goodwill from all the great movies that he enjoyed that he did. That So, and I, I kind of feel felt that way about Pee Wee. It didn't really change. I mean, uh, masturbating was something everybody does. So, I... And like I said, if you're going to get caught doing it, at least in an adult theater, that's that's where it's going to go down. So I I I never. And like I said, and he did kind of recover for a short amount of time. If I remember right, too, they had him on. Uh, oh, what award show was it this year? Let's see if they have it in there. Nope, they don't. I remember the award was award show. Might have even been MTV. I don't know. They brought him on as a presenter, and the first thing he said was, "So, heard any good jokes lately?" <laughs> so, sorry, I had to get that in there a little bit. I know you are, but what am I? Everybody has their own peewee impersonation, I've noticed. And some are really good, others not as much. But, yeah. That, uh, but, yeah, he that came in and that was, just, that was kind of just how I acknowledge it. Heard any good jokes lately. So, uh, let's see, what else? Oh, yeah, that's right. He was in Mystery Men. I forgot. That was actually... He, Mystery Men was one of those movies I really liked it at first, and then it's kind of fallen off over the years. I know a lot of my problem with it is Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller is one of those actors I just... I don't outright hate him or anything. I just I don't care for him. I will say his role as Mr. Furious in that movie, I, I did find funny. I did find it funny. But most other stuff he does, I just I don't care for it. I've, and I have tried. I really have, like the supermodel movie. Uh, what the hell's the name? What's it got? Uh, yeah, but I, I, I just I don't know. I've tried. I just he's not one of my favorites. Cause I don't hate his guts, but I just I'm like, yeah, I'm just meh. That's the best way I know to put it. So, let's see. <laughs> I'm looking at TV. Murphy Brown, I don't remember that. I don't remember the show. I don't remember him in it. Uh, that was something my parents watched. 30 Rock, uh, I never watched it. Portlandia, I do remember. I never really religiously watched Portlandia, but I would watch it so often. Like uh, like the episode I know that had Danzig in it. I went ahead and watched that, and that was funny because at least Danzig could poke, poke a little bit of fun at himself with, with that one. So uh, let's see. We revived the Pee Herman show. Netflix. Oh, Pee Wee's Big Holiday. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. I do remember watching that. Uh, that was wasn't too bad. Uh, trying to see what else Wikipedia. 
So he didn't eat, yeah, died from cancer. Uh, let's see, legal issues, let's see what, <laughs> yep, 91, 91, uh, let's see. Apparently he did try and get out of the uh, charges at the sheriff's office in 1991 by, uh, offering to do a child's benefit, uh, you perform at a child's benefit center or something uh, to quote take care of this. So mm, let's see. Mm. Oh, gee, well, he also got uh, arrested in 1983 for possession of marijuana. Uh, that's not surprising. Mm, let's see. Trying to see what else. Sorry about the dead air. I'm just trying to scope through this as fast as possible. Just see if there's any other little interesting nuggets. Yep, 1991 MTV Music Award show, September 5th. Asking the audience, heard any good jokes lately? Yep. And Peter received a standing ovation. Let's see. Uh. Sorry, I'm sitting here reading this. Uh, nope. Uh, nope. Hmm. There's some other stuff. Well, I, like I said, I just kind of encourage you to go on your own and if you feel worried about more about Paul Rubens. Uh, let's see, undeveloped scripts. So just out of curiosity, see if there's anything. First PB Harsher story. I'm oh, sorry, that is my phone. Mm, no, nothing, nothing interesting in career. Yeah, like I said, oh, he talks about Phil Hartman. Okay, but uh, so yeah, I, I I'm gonna miss, gonna miss him. I remember watching Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I'm trying to think if I actually went to the movie theater or the drive-in to saw it. I don't think I actually saw it at home. I think I saw it in a theater environment first. If I remember correctly, and then went, and you know, then later saw it on beta, not VHS beta. So, <laughs> but I don't. Ah, man, I'm trying to remember. But I watched. I watched it a lot when I was young. It was one of my favorite movies when I was younger. And uh, let's see. So I guess that'll pretty much wrap it up. I just wanted to do a kind of a short episode acknowledging his passing because I kind of felt bad because when Scott Hall passed on, I really should have done an episode just talking about that a little bit. And maybe one of these days I'll do, I will, I do believe his, the anniversary of his death, if it hasn't already happened, is pretty recently. I'll have to I'll look it up later when I'm not on mic. But uh, yeah, I just kind of felt bad because Scott Hall was, it was weird because at, at the time of The Outsiders was happening at WCW, I actually liked Nash a little bit better, but that's because Nash had, you know, he's a great big dude, long hair, and had the, the jackknife powerbomb, which just looked like, even though I knew at that point that wrestling had, you know, a predetermined outcome, but the jackknife powerbomb still looks like it would knock the fucking wind right out of you when he would fucking slam you down on that mat. I mean... Even if you're prepared for it, you land flat. It still looks like it's just gonna, it's gonna drive the air right out of you. But 
That being said, later, years later, because I remember Razor Ramon and, and earlier in the WWF slash WWE, and while I thought it was an, an interesting stereotype of the whole Tony Montana kind of thing, and it was he, he did it well, and he, he was still kind of menacing in that role, uh, at least you know until he did, you know, turn babyface kind of. So, but uh. But later, the more I learned about Hall and like the mind he had for the business and the amount of people that changed their gimmicks by listening to him was just amazing to me. I mean, the guy, it wasn't, it was too bad that he could not stay off of alcohol. I mean, it's too bad he could not, he had such a hard time stepping away from it completely. Cause I, I think, honestly, he could have went really far in the wrestling business if he could have stayed sober. I mean, he had such a good mind for it. I can't imagine the kind of stuff he would have came up, especially getting out from like now. If he would have been allowed to say write and come up with plot turns for like AEW. I can't imagine how good that would be, but I mean, because I don't know if anybody would ever let the reins totally be turned over on WWE. I just I don't. Not while there's a McMahon still there. Um, but once again, there are other ones like a, like the NWA or even man Impact could have. But well, Impact if if you know the didn't want him there at all. So, but it was because. Because the alcoholism. So, actually, if you get a chance, WWE did put out a uh, DVD about the lifetime of Scott Hall. And uh, I highly recommend watching it. You also kind of discover, and and this doesn't really ruin it. The reason why the man drank is because he ended up accidentally murdering a guy who was trying to kill him. So, it was in self-defense. But it screwed with his head his entire life. The fact that he took a man's life. He he never he never came to peace with it. And I think alcohol made those voices and doubts and everything else go away. But that being said, wow, this is weird. This started out as a Pee Wee Herman thing and turned into a Scott Hall thing real quick. But at any rate, hashtag go check out uh the WWE DVD on Scott Hall, I'm sure it's probably up on YouTube if you look hard enough. Uh, he was a great worker. Uh, and like I said, that's kind of the reason I wanted to do the thing on uh, Paul Rubens now is I never did do anything when Scott Hall passed. And I was kind of like, man, I should have talked about it. Because like I said, he was, he was a great dude. Excellent worker. Had a great mind for the business. Once again, I mean, like a uh, perfect example. The uh, Sting, the Crow version. Scott Hall went to Sting because Sting was taking time off. I don't remember the exact reason why. I don't remember if it was an injury or what. Sting was kind of out of WCW, and that was a huge thing as they were building up. Was well, is Sting going to come back? And there was like rumors of him going to WWF and everything else. And so Scott Hall talked to him, and he goes, "So he goes, oh, so you're coming back?" He goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." He goes, "Oh yeah, I'm coming back." He goes, "All right." He goes, "So uh, still doing the the Surfer Boy thing?" He goes, "Well." Yeah, why wouldn't I? He was like, no, no, you might, maybe you want to change it up a little bit, try something a little bit different. He goes, you ever seen the movie The Crow? Sting's like, no, no, I haven't. He goes, 
Do yourself a favor. Go home, watch The Crow tonight, and come back tell me what you think. So, and from that moment, Sting decided that he was going to, and that, like I said, The Crow gimmick worked really well. I remember that whole thing going down as well. I had just started watching at that point because when I got back into it, uh, it was right around that time where I had a friend be like, dude, Hollywood Hogan turned heel, and it would just happen like within about a week or two, maybe three after so I was like, "What?" He goes, "Oh yeah." He goes, "You gotta start watching now." Hulk Hogan's a heel now, so the so that whole, led to the whole thing. And like I said, that was the whole time too. They were building up the return of Sting, and uh, yeah, I remember him coming back. It was it was pretty awesome. So so yeah, still once again <laughs> talking about Paul Rubens. Still ended up talking about wrestling a little bit. Yeah, so sorry. <laughs> So, that being said, uh, I can't really think of much else. Uh, probably close it up for now. Yeah, we're at almost 20 minutes by the time I had some some stuff in there. Oh, the wing stop thing. If you have not already discovered it, I, I've kind of decided as a little signature thing for the Punk Off podcast ever so often, uh, I'm going to probably add some internet stuff. Uh, my recent favorite being the Wingstop girl. So, and I, I was the first time I saw it. I laughed my ass off because several reasons. A, it was funny. B, the, the drums and guitar I added on it was made it just perfect. <laughs> and, and three, we've all been that girl at some point you go into work you're there'll be like, a, you know, depending how young you are there, like, you're really supposed to be there like four, maybe five hours. You get in there and they're like, Oh, well, uh, so-and-so called in. So you're going to stay over. You're like, what? I was only supposed to be here like five hours. Yeah, well, sorry. What are you doing? What me to do? You're going to have to cover. And uh, so you don't get any break at all. And you didn't bring any food because you were only supposed to be there four or five hours. And so yeah, by the time you get off work, you're pissed off. Because Doug decided he was going to call in because he wasn't feeling well or whatever. He had to take his cat to the vet or some other shit. And he's like, you know that motherfucker don't even have a cat. He's just, you know, just just didn't come into work. You're friggin' hungry now. And, yeah. So, so by, by the time you get off work, you're just angry and hungry. And you just want your food so you can chill the hell out. And your smart-ass friends come and pick you up <laughs> and give you a ration of shit. And you just fucking lose it. I worked 10 hours. All I want is wing stop. So, so yeah. That's why I've been uh, I've been putting that one on. That one, I have a feeling, is going to exist in the outlies of the Punk Off podcast for some time. There is a second one I think I'm going to add. I'm not going to say it here because I want it to be a surprise when I do. But it's another one. It's been making the rounds a little bit, and it is, it's kind of funny. So, other than that, uh, I will be doing a, what I'm going to call album review. I kind of did it one once before, but I think I did it more to the band. I did two saddle tendencies way back. I don't remember what episode it was. Um, I will say that, uh. I probably did, well, about a month ago, I did uh, an online, not online, but a Facebook, kind of a quick review of Metallica's Master of Puppets. 
because for some reason that the thing this it just boinked into my head one day i'm like man i haven't listened to that album in a while so i got it out listened to it and that album it remained, reminded me front to back that is an excellent album even the songs that aren't my favorite on there are very listable and good and to me that was when the band was kind of at, at its high point so so with that being said, I've thought about doing that with a lot of albums I grew up with as as a teenager. Is I because I did I, since I was an only child living out in the country, and I was skateboarding alone by myself most of the time. I listened to a lot of music, and since I was interested in making music, I started dissecting a lot of these albums in my head when I would listen to them, and I kind of talked about that with. Uh, uh, Metallica's Master of Puppets. So, and it is. It's still to this day one of my favorite albums. That's up there. Even though I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of Metallica as I used to be. Master of Puppets is still an excellent, excellent album, front to back, no doubt. And it was amazing to me the amount of other people that thought the same thing. Now, with that being said, I think I'm going to turn that into an occasional thing on the Punk Off podcast, where I, I dissect an album from my teenage years. Now, I'm going to throw everybody for, well, some people. Some people won't be surprised. Others might be, I guess. Because I listened to a lot of different stuff when I was younger. Because I was just trying to take it all in. You know, thrash, uh, alternative, quote-unquote, college, uh, even some hip-hop. And, you know, I was just trying to listen to stuff that not all my other peers at the point. Uh, you know, like not Motley Crue and stuff, I won't probably, I won't be talking about those because I really didn't listen to him as a teenager and I ignored it. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of other kind of bands. Now, the next band I am actually thinking about doing is The Cure. And their one album, Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me, was one of the first ones I bought. Now, I will say for The Cure anymore, not my favorite album, which I won't get into here. I will talk about it once I start doing that episode. But... I sat and listened to Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me a lot. There was a lot of field trips. I remember listening to it on for school because uh, I was in art class. So a lot of times we would take field trips to museums and art galleries and things. So so a lot of times, the, for some reason, The Cure ended up going with me for that. I think it's because The Cure would kind of put me at a good level where if I, I wasn't listening to like Slayer or Metallica where I wanted to go to... Like, do a beavis and, like, and go, go destroy shit. So in an art gallery. So, <laughs> so that's probably why I listen. I do remember like a lot of, uh, going to field trips, probably, uh, cure and Sonic youth. I think also was another one. Usually I was listening to a lot. There's probably some other bands. I do remember once or twice uh, taking, a. I think early COC, like the technocracy album or, uh, Cryptic Slaughter, if I remember right, was one I was taking for a while. So, wow, that was... So, at any rate, hashtag. So, I think uh, I'm going to finish it up. And like I said, uh, eventually uh, I'll get Chris on one of these. Uh, he's got a tour story to tell. Anyhow, I still don't know a lot of the details. I haven't asked. Uh, there's reasons why. Maybe we'll bring it up on on the podcast he's on. But uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to just try and start getting... Try and start getting one out solo one out at least once a week. I'm going to try at least every two weeks for everybody to kind of pick up on and have something to kind of check out. And I've usually got something to talk about, whether 
it's always going to be super interesting or not. Uh, all I can say is it, it's a free podcast. What <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> so with that being said, I think it's time to wrap this up. And all I got to say is for, for people, I've thought about a lot of just state of the world. And I'm not trying to get on a soapbox every time, but I, I am at the point where I kind of feel like we should just, uh, a little bit, just for a while, every day, maybe put away our devices, shut off your TV for a while, maybe listen to some new music or read a book, and uh, just be kind to one another. And uh, with that being said, the uh, Punk Off Pirate of Podcasting is signing off for now.